This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Do you drive a vehicle? Then you'll find AutoCorrect helpful, especially on Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Listen to our podcast with me, Coach Charlie Melton, on any podcasting platform or on the MPB Public Media app. Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod, Assistant Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at UMMC. Headaches are one of the most common complaints that we hear in the clinic, both for our pediatric and adult patients. And probably everybody out there has had a headache at some point. And so today we're going to be talking about the common reasons for headaches, how you treat them, when should you be concerned, um, what should you expect in the workup of headaches, and any questions that you may have, we are here to answer them. Um, You can always send us an email as well to kids at mpbonline.org. Um, So uh, just yesterday in clinic, I had three patients with headaches, (laughs) and so that kind of prompted this one because I I feel like we've talked about this a few times on the show, and it's always just a good topic to kind of bring back up because it's just so common. And if you're like me, um, if something ails you, even though I know in the back of my head that everything is fine, <laughs> but I always go to the bad place and I always immediately assume, you know, I'm I'm dying of some brain tumor or I have some terrible infection or, you know, I just always go to the awful places. And the bad for, place like WebMD. That's yeah, what you that mean. too, that too. <laughs> but, you know, it's a headache is so common. And, um, and so I just kind of wanted to ease some, you know, concerns out there for a lot of people because I know a lot of people always get really nervous when they have headaches, um, when our kids complain of headaches it is a little more concerning and so just to kind of ease some of that and let us know like when you should be concerned um, what are some of the things that you can do for your headaches at home Um, and it's always just a good topic to talk about so um, we do have a caller uh, this morning and William what's going on this morning yes thanks for taking my call I have a two-part question I'm going to give you what it is and then I'm going to hang up and listen on the radio okay all right, the Alabama Supreme Court just made a ruling that fertilized frozen eggs will, is considered a human. And this is the other part of the question. When a female menstruates, is there a, a possibility that a fertilized egg could be discharged during that uh, physical uh, discharge? And I'm going to hang up and listen. All right. Well, thanks for your call. Um, yes, I did see that about Alabama yesterday. Um, I'm not going to go into too many details about it because that is kind of, uh, it's a little tricky question and um, situation. And I know a lot of people have different feelings about that. I feel like it pulls in a lot of different um, religious, moral, and beliefs. So, um, but essentially what you were asking about the fertilized egg. Not that I know of, you know, that would be a question I could have to ask one of my gynecology um, partners about. But I know that you can have um, miscarriages, I guess would be, you know, a a term to use. So a lot of times there are sometimes women don't realize that they have gotten pregnant and their body actually kind of like self aborts and they have a miscarriage with the baby. And it can be like a very heavy cycle. 
um, can be the presentation for it. And so a lot of times if you if you know of anybody who has suffered a miscarriage, um, that heavy bleeding and cramping is one of the symptoms of that. And uh, sometimes women don't realize that they have been pregnant and they have a miscarriage. And so they'll have like a heavy menstrual cycle and some of the cramping. And it can be fairly soon after their cycle was supposed to be due. So maybe, you know, um, instead of every four weeks, you know, this came like six weeks. So they were just a couple of weeks late. So they really didn't think that much about it. Um, And so it could have been a miscarriage. So technically, I guess that would have been a fertilized egg. Um, But the, the body, you know, rejected it. So I guess possibly, um, but not as part of a true menstrual cycle that I know of. Um, So more of like a a miscarriage or a spontaneous abortion is the official term that we use. Um, But yeah, no, it's not that I know of will it be will it be there but yeah that that um that came out yesterday is it's definitely going to impact a lot of people um it brings up a lot of different questions and um i know acog made a statement which is the american college american college of obstetrics and gynecology um came out with a statement about it yesterday and i think they were pretty upset with it so i think the medical community is going to have to try to figure out how to guide that but um like I said, I'm going to kind of try to stay back away from that because um, it is a very touchy to- uh, topic, and a lot of people are going to have different opinions about it. So, um, But we do have another caller. I think it is Sale. Did I say that right? Uh, sale. Sale. Okay, that's what I yeah. thought. All right, Mr. Sale, what's going on this morning? Okay, yes. Uh, I wanted to ask the question, uh, are there any signs to determine whether if a headache is something a certain type of headache is is something that you should take serious, like in a certain position, uh, especially in in children. Yeah. Uh, are, there, are there anything to look for? You know, to, uh, any tests you, you can examine yourself. You know, to s- determine whether how serious it might could be. Right. Yes. So that's a great question. So some of the things that we think about for headaches, um, the concerning things, the first thing I would say is the age of onset. So our younger kids typically don't complain of headaches. So if you have a young child, I would say anywhere under like five that's complaining of a headache or pointing to their head, that's definitely concerning. And then on the other side of things, if you have somebody who's never been a headache person and now you're older than, I don't know, let's say 50, and you start having headaches, then I would say that is also concerning. You know, if you've never been a headache person and now you're doing it. So the age of onset is really important. So I, I, I would say under five and over 50, if you start having new headaches, that would be something concerning and you would want to see your doctor about. Um, you said positions, and that's a great question, too. So the way, you know, we have fluid, it's called cerebrospinal fluid or CSF, you may have heard that term before, um, that circulates around our brain and circulates around our spinal cord. And it kind of helps keep a cushion there to protect our brain and spinal cord because they're very important organs. Um, And so the CSF is constantly flowing around. Um, When you lay down at night, you do block it a little bit because, you know, as we're up and moving in gravity and everything's just, you know, keeping it flowing. But when you lay down, you do block that flow just a little bit. I mean, it's still flowing, but you do block it some. 
So say you were to have like a brain tumor or some kind of abnormal growth in your brain, that in and of itself is going to block some of that flow of the CSF as well. And it's going to create some increased pressure from that that fluid. So then when you lay down at night and you're blocking some of that flow, then it kind of doubles, increases your pressure. And so whenever your pressure um, increases, you get headaches, you can get some vision changes, you can get some vomiting. And so a lot of times we'll tell patients, if your headache wakes you up from sleep, or if you wake up in the morning with a really bad headache, that's concerning. Because the timing of it, like I said, you know, we all get a little bit of that blocked flow there. But if it's worse, then something is causing it to be worse and to make that pressure go up. So um, early morning headaches, headaches that wake you from sleep, those are all really concerning um, for positional Um So those would be some of the two biggest red flags that I would say, and I was going to talk about a little bit more too, but but with just age and timing of them, those would be the two biggest ones, I would say, um, that would prompt you to go in and get to your doctor and get checked out. Um, When we're talking about headaches, a lot of times your physician will ask you a bunch of questions because majority of the time, we don't have to get a brain scan of your head to see what's going on in there to diagnose your headaches. Honestly, a lot of times those aren't very helpful because majority of people, it's going to be normal, thankfully. Um, So we're just going to ask a ton of questions about your headaches because we're able to diagnose a lot of the headache disorders um, just based off clinical and all our questions. So when we're asking you these series of questions, some of the things that we're looking for is what we call like red flag symptoms um, or ones that would kind of like makes a, ra- a, you know, a little warning sign go off in our head. And so um, so you brought up a great question because that was one of the topics I wanted to make sure that we hit. Uh, but yeah, age of onset would be a big one. Um, and then, like I said, waking you up from your sleep or waking up early in the morning with a really bad headache. Um, you want to make sure that you get that checked out. A few other ones that I would say is, you know, vision changes. Uh, that would be something that's really concerning, too, um, if you're starting to have some vision changes with that. Um, anything that would make you think that you're having an infection, because meningitis is something that we always worry about. So if you're having fever and a really bad headache and neck pain, um, sweats, those kind of things, you would want to make sure that you got that checked out as well. Um I'm trying to think uh, if you're having any kind of other neurologic symptoms too, like numbness, tingling along with the headache, that would be something that's very concerning as well. Uh, we had a caller who called in and asked, is there anything that would make you concerned about your headaches? And that is something that I really wanted to address uh, because, like I said, headaches are super common. Um, I think it, I saw some statistics that by by 18 years of age, at least 90% of people have complained of a headache at some point. So Pretty much everybody out there listening has had a headache. And the headache syndromes, such as like migraines, tension headaches, um, they're super common. Um, I don't have, I couldn't find a good statistic for that. But I mean, I would say, goodness, probably at least 30, 40% of the population has some kind of headache syndrome, which is, you know. Can attest. Can, yeah. It will back you up there. Yeah, yeah. So it is It is very, very common. So um, just kind of wanted to talk about that this today, and especially the when you should be concerned. So yeah, so I, like I said, at least 90% of people have had a headache by the time they get to be 18. Um when you're younger, like our younger kids under 12, pretty even girls, boys. Um, but after 12, 
it becomes more predominantly women and girls who have problems with headaches. Men definitely do too, um, but the ratio I found was like three to one women to men when it comes to to headache syndrome. So, and then when we think about headaches, we think about is it you know a primary headache? Is it some kind of specific headache disorder? Like I said, such as migraines, tension headaches, or is there some kind of secondary cause? And that's when we worry about it. And that's there some of the like red flag symptoms that I was talking about because if it's a secondary cause that means something else is going on that is causing the headache and it's not just a primary headache disorder and so those are the ones that we don't want to miss because those are the ones that could be scary and have other problems going on with that Um, so when you're considering going to the doctor for a headache you know like I said earlier, we're going to ask a lot of questions. We're going to ask a ton of questions regarding, you know, tell me, describe the pain. Um, You know, are you having any symptoms beforehand, before we know that they're about to come on? How often are you getting the headaches? How long does it last? Do you have to take any medicines to prevent them? What makes it better? What makes it worse? Um, You know, is there a family history of headaches? That's another thing, because we do see a lot of these headache syndrome tend to run in families. So what I would suggest if you are out there and you or your child or your grandchild has been complaining of headaches and you are like, maybe I should take them to the doctor and get it checked out. Go on and start keeping a diary of your headaches. Um, You know, jot down any symptoms that you're having, how often you're getting the headaches. You know, put it in your little notes app on your phone or maybe keep a little notebook where you could write it down. Like Monday, I didn't have a headache. Tuesday, I had a headache. What did I do Tuesday? You know, what did you eat that day um, that maybe could have been different? Um, What did you take? Did you have any other symptoms? Was anything else going on on that Tuesday when you had the headache? You know, Wednesday, Thursday, you didn't have any headaches. Oh, Friday, you got another headache. Okay, what did you do on Friday? Because by the time you get to the doctor, you're probably not going to remember what you did that day. I mean, that's just, maybe you have a better memory than me. Um, but majority of people are not going to be able to remember what they did three weeks ago on a Tuesday. Um, so you want to be able to jot it down so that by the time you get to the doctor and we're asking you all of these questions, you'll be able to go back and you'll see what it is. So, um, And so when we're asking all these questions, like I mentioned earlier, we're looking for some of those concerning symptoms um, and looking for a potential secondary cause for the headache, not just a primary headache disorder. So that's what we're really looking for. So let's go back over some of these things that we kind of mentioned quickly before the break, but I want to elaborate on that a little bit more. So Like I said, the age is a big factor into when we investigate headaches a little bit more. Majority of the time, we can diagnose your headaches based off of just the clinical and what you're telling us. Um, But sometimes we do have to get imaging. And so age of onset is a big factor into that. So anybody under age five complaining of headaches, now they can get my, you can get migraines that young, but it's not very common. So, you know, if you're under five complaining of a headache or if you're over 50 and you're having new headaches. Now, if you have been diagnosed with migraines when you were 20 years old and you're 50 and having headaches, that's a different story. This is like people who've never really had problems with headaches. And now all of a sudden you're starting to have problems with headaches and you're over 50. Um, Like I mentioned, uh, timing too. So early morning headaches, headaches that wake you up in the middle of the night, those are definitely concerning as well. 
Vision changes, that would be another thing that I would be really concerned about if you're having headaches. And it's not just a brain tumor that can cause vision changes. Obviously, that's one of the biggest concerns that we think about. However, there's another condition that we get um, and it happens uh, a lot of times in our patients who are overweight. It's called idiopathic intracranial hypertension or pseudotumor cerebri. That's the old term for it. So people out there listening, you may have had this before. But essentially what's happening is you get some of that increased pressure in your brain like I was talking about. Um, and uh, what comes along with it is pressure behind your eyes, too. And so you get blurry vision. The concerning problem with that is if you let it sit for too long, you don't relieve some of that pressure, the nerve, the optic nerve that goes to the eye that helps control your vision can get damaged over time because of that increased pressure. So so definitely, you know, we would worry, is there some kind of mass up there that's causing the vision changes? But the other thing is, is you need somebody to look in your eyes, make sure you don't have any signs of high pressure. Um, And so a lot of times I will send people if I have concerns about that, because I admittedly am not the best at eye exams. Um, You know, we can we can look in there and we're trained to do it. Um, However, our little ophthalmoscope is is not the best at getting the best pictures behind your eye. Um, And it is very user dependent. (laughs) So, you know, like what I see may be different than what Lacey sees, um, just because our eyes were just trained a little differently, you know. So a lot of times, if you're having that too, I will send you to an ophthalmologist to get a better idea of what's going on behind your eyes. Make sure they don't see anything, any, any signs of increased pressure, any changes in the blood vessels that could be related to like hypertension or diabetes, you know, that could be causing this as well too. So, um, so it may be something to consider too. If you're having the headaches, you may want to go in and schedule an appointment with uh, headaches with vision changes. You want to go in and schedule an appointment with your primary doctor, but you also probably want to get in to see your eye doctor as well. So they can do a full assessment of that. I just had my eyes done, um, last week, my eyes checked and instead of getting them dilated, because that's the best way to be able to see it. You know, they put the drops in, they dilate your eyes, and they bring the machine up and the light, and they look really, like, right into your eyes. Um, and it's miserable. It's not fun. Um, but dilating your eyes is the best way that we can actually get that good look at behind the retina. Um, but when I went last week, you could pay an extra $30, and you didn't have to get your eyes dilated. And they took some kind of picture of my eye where they were still able to get the same same pictures of what they normally would see with their ophthalmoscope, um, but you didn't have to dilate your eyes. I don't you know if you've ever done that before. That? Yeah, it was $38 extra. If you got your eyes dilated, you didn't have to pay, but I huh. hate getting my eyes dilated, sure. so it was worth the $30. Well, you'd, you'd feel like a quick picture wouldn't be that much more expensive. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I, there's no telling how much that machine cost. Okay, fair enough. Fair it was enough. a big old machine that they, <laughs> they brought in um, to do it, so I'm sure the, the machine is very high-tech and very expensive, but to me, it was worth the $30. <laughs> Absolutely. Just just like the uh, happy gas at the dentist is worth the extra money to yes, me. So, yes, yes. At 28 years old, I still need the, the gas, so yes. I'm with you. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, but anyway, that's that's essentially the same thing. Maybe you've experienced that going to your eye doctor too, but that's what we're looking for. We're looking for any pressure changes, any damage from like hypertension, diabetes, and there's other vascular issues too that you can get, that you can get damage behind your eyes. So, so vision changes associated with your headaches get checked out because that could mean something else is going on.
I have a question. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we have a caller, Lacey from the booth. That is who's <laughs> calling in. Um, my friend and I, we both, we've bonded over our migraine issues. And, and she says some medications will give her what she calls rebound headaches. Like she'll take medicine for her headache. And then the next day, if she took that med, she'll have a whole other headache. Like mm-hmm. it feels completely different. Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? Like, is she just making this up to scare me? Tell What's going on with these quote unquote rebound headaches from these medications? Yes, so that is a definite thing that happens. Um, Rebound headaches can for sure happen. So this happens in people who take medicines often for their headaches. So it's like you end up getting in this cycle um, where your, your body has become dependent on the medicines so that when you stop the medicines. And when I say pain medicines, I'm talking Tylenol, ibuprofen, Aleve, like goody powder. Yeah, like this is not like prescription pain medicines. Like this is just over-the-counter pain medicines. Um, but even that, you know, you your body becomes dependent on those for those pain receptors. So then when it's gone, you get this like rebound headache. Um, and so essentially what you have to do is you have to break the cycle and you have to just like not take any medicines for a few days. Um, patients don't like it when we tell them that. <laughs> they do not like to hear that, but it's definitely a thing. So if you are a fairly consistent medicine taker for your headaches, that a lot of times we do have to kind of break that cycle of the headaches, I mean, of the pain medicines, so that your body can just kind of get all of that washed out of your system. So Yeah. Well, depend for me personally, depending on the headache, some medicines don't help. I mean, if I've got like a migraine, like where it hurts in my teeth, mm-hmm. there's not much that medicine will do for me. Now, if I've got like a cluster headache where I feel like something's clawing my, at my eyeball, yeah. a goodie powder will help me out. Yeah. Um, um, but I'm very sad to hear that I can't take a goodie powder every day of no. my headache cycle. No. Yeah, because it will. It'll make it worse. Yeah, like I said, your body, it's like the analgesic rebound headaches. I think it's like, I can't remember the exact term that they have for it. But it's it's something like that. But essentially, that's what it is. You're taking too much medicine that is causing the body to kind of rebound with those headaches. So, um, And we see that a lot. A lot, a lot, honestly. Um, And people don't like to believe you when that happens (laughs) because, I mean, we're sitting there telling them. And, I mean, it's awful. We were actually talking about this um, with my team yesterday about headaches, and everybody was saying how they don't like to take over-the-counter medicine. And I'm like, well, but if I have a headache, nothing is more annoying than a headache. And so I'll just pop some ibuprofen like it's, you know, no problem when I feel like I have a headache coming on because nothing's more annoying than a headache. So I I understand how frustrating it can be for me to be like, well, you got to quit taking your ibuprofen. (laughs) Um, But but you really do. If you have become in a habit of taking that almost every, and it doesn't have to be every day, honestly. Like it can be just you know three or four times a week. But still, your body has become kind of more dependent on those, and you do you have to break that cycle. It's so. like a withdrawal almost. Almost, yeah, yeah. almost. Yeah, it, yeah, and it all has to do with the way that you've suppressed the pain receptors and all of that. So. And do all medicines do that, or is there a certain type of headache medicine that may not affect you in that way? Um, I don't, you know, that's a good question because like some of the medicines that we do, like the, the newer abortive therapies for migraines and stuff, um, like the Ubrel-V and, um, even just the old class of triptams, Imitrex, Maxalt, all of those. I don't know if they do it. That would be a good question for me to ask a neurologist. Yeah. We typically think of it as more over-the-counter NSAIDs, acetaminophen, particularly NSAIDs, but also Tylenol and acetaminophen, too. So, But the NSAIDs are going to be the class of, like, ibuprofen, Aleve, mm-hmm. um, 
BC powders, goodies, all I'm that I'm keeping kind of goodies stuff. in business. I'll yeah. tell you that right now. I'm keeping goodies in business. Yeah. And aren't they suggesting like Botox for headaches now? That is, is one of the things you can do. Mm-hmm. Does that actually help? Mm-hmm. It does. Now, you've got to have refractory headaches and you have, well, I guess you don't have to. You can pay for it out of pocket. Um, but to get your insurance to cover Botox, which it will, um, it sh- shouldn't be a first line therapy, but yes, it can help. Mm-hmm. So they just think it probably interrupts some of the pathways. Um, and then it like they injected in similar places that you would get regular Botox for cosmetic purposes, um, but it is a little bit different. We have trigger points and stuff that they're actually looking for to to inject. It sounds yeah. like it hurts. I don't think so. No, I mean, the Botox needles are very, very tiny. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're not very big. So what I'm hearing is Lacey's getting Botox for her 30th birthday. (laughs) There you go, there you go. Yeah, but no, it really, and insurance will pay for Botox um, for migraines. You just have to have tried a couple other therapies before they will pay for that, so... This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. We are talking about headaches. So if you have any questions, comments, maybe some things that you have found to be helpful for your headaches, we would love to hear from you. Or you can send an email, too, to kids at mpbonline.org. So we have been talking about some concerning symptoms. We've talked about um, before age 5, after age 50, if it wakes you from sleep, if they're worse in the morning, if you're having vision changes, all of those are concerning symptoms and you need to get checked out. Um, a couple of the other ones that I would say is um, if you are having um, fevers and neck stiffness, uh, that could be a sign of an infection called meningitis, where you have swelling around the brain and swelling around the spinal cord, um, the meninges that surround it, and that can make you very, very sick. So you would want to get checked out if you are having that as well. Um, if you are on medicines for like immunosuppression, so um, say you have like a rheumatologic or autoimmune condition where you take medicines that suppress your immune system or you have cancer and you are getting chemotherapy and you suppress your immune system and you start having headaches, that would be concerning too because that means you're going to be at higher risk for infections. And so we want to check on that and make sure that you're not having any any infectious cause for the headaches as well. Um, if you have had a head injury, um, so like, you know, we think about our teenagers, especially with concussions who are playing sports, um, football, girls playing soccer, you know, any sport really. Or you could just be, you know, somebody who was working on something for your house and you bumped your head or fell off the ladder and hit your head or something like that and you may have gotten a little concussion Um, we typically will see that you know for the first you know 48 hours or so but if it is persisting and you have had recent trauma to your head then you're going to want to get checked out and because we're probably going to take some pictures of your head um, as well for that So those would be some of the other big concerning things. Um, Oh, one more is um, what we think about for like a subarachnoid hemorrhage. So that is, you know, you hear of people who have like an aneurysm that rupture um, and they get a really bad headache and head bleed. Um, You can also get hemorrhages from uh, having uncontrolled high blood pressure too. Uh, Those blood vessels can pop. And typically what people say is it's the worst headache of my life. Um, Like literally you can't move because your head hurts just so bad. Um, And so if you are having that worst headache of my life, and it is usually a very abrupt onset. Like it's not just like, oh, I have a headache and over the next 20 minutes it got worse. It is like they call it a thunderclap headache because it just comes on so hard so strong so fast 
um, then you want to go get checked out too because we do would worry about that with um, with some kind of bleed in your brain. Uh, so those are the big ones that I would say we would be concerned about um, for some of those like secondary headaches or something else causing your headache instead of just a primary headache disorder. And then those are the situations where we would need to get a picture of your head. Um, a lot of times we can just do, especially if it's like an emergency situation and we're trying to rule out like a bleed, we'll just do a quick CT scan, CAT scan. Um, but majority of the time when we're working up a headache, really need an MRI. Um, a CT scan is just going to be just like a quick picture as opposed to an MRI that's going to give us a detailed picture of your brain. So, um, you know, if it is an emergent situation, we'll do the CT scan. If not, we can get the MRI. Majority of the time, though, we're not going to need an MRI machine. But if you have any of those concerning symptoms, that would probably be what we wanted to, to get um, a picture of your brain with. Now, the other thing to think about, so we're, we're going to kind of switch our brains now a little bit, and we're not going to talk about the secondary causes. We're going to talk about some of those more primary headache disorders, like uh, Lacey mentioned earlier, her migraines. Um, I would say migraines are probably the most common. Um, migraines affect 12% of the population. Um, so it's a pretty good bit of people who are affected by migraines. The thing to know about when you treat these headache disorders is we're probably never going to be able to make you headache-free. Unfortunately, we don't have a miracle medicine. Now, some of these newer medicines that they have come out with, they are like, my patients say they're amazing. I don't know if you've tried any of those, Lacey, or not for your headaches. Um, but like the Am- Show me. Where are these? <laughs> well, the injectable ones that you can get oh, once okay. a month. I don't know if you've tried those or not. Now, they are, you know, expensive. You, you can't get your insurance to pay for them. Um, and insurance won't pay for them until you've tried some of the other cheaper options. Um, but like Amavig, Imgality, I mean, they're coming up with all kinds of them all the time now. Um, But most of my patients say they are just like life-changing medicines. Um, And a lot of my patients have gotten pretty close to headache-free with them. Um, But majority of the time, we're not going to be able to completely take your headaches away. Uh, So I always just like to give people kind of realistic expectations about that. (laughs) Because, you know, I'm They'll come back and be like, well, you told me this medicine was going to fix my headaches. Well, like, yes, it will fix your headaches, but it's not going to completely take them away. You told me Botox would cure me, Dr. McLeod. <laughs> <laughs> so we can do a pretty good job of decreasing your headaches. However, we're not going to make them go completely away. So migraines, we'll talk about it because it's probably the most common of the primary headache disorders. Um, migraines can happen in kids. You know, we talked about, like, if your kid has headaches, you want to make sure they're getting checked out. But migraines can happen in kids. But migraines in kids can be very nonspecific. So when we're talking about migraines in adults, they're pretty specific things that people complain about. It's usually one side, usually in the temporal region. A lot of patients get, like, the aura that they know that it's about to happen. But not everybody. But a lot of people do get those little kind of signs that, hey, my headache's about to happen. Um, you get light makes it worse. Sound makes it worse. A lot of people get nauseated and vomit with them. Um, so migraines can be pretty miserable. Um, and they can last a really long time. <laughs> you know, if you don't have any kind of intervention, it can last like two or three days um, mm-hmm. to try to break the cycle. Especially when you work at an office job and you're staring at a computer screen all yes. day. It's just hard to 
rest your eyes for a second. Yes. Got to turn your office lights off sometimes. Yeah, no, for real, for real. I I got uh, migraines when I was in college, um, and we were able to figure out what triggered them, and so I haven't really had problems with them since, except for maybe one or two a year. Um, but I would just want to, like, I can remember my mom would be like, I would, you know, call my mom from college crying about my head and she would say, just take a nap. I'm like, I can't take a nap. My head hurts too bad to even think about sleeping. Um, and I also got so nauseated. So luckily my doctor would give me some fenugrin and because sleep is one of the best things you can do for a migraine, actually. Even when you can't sleep. Even when you can't sleep, <laughs> it actually is one of the best things that you can do. So I could take my headache, my Amitrex, and my fenugrin because I would be so nauseated, too. And the fenugrin would make me go to sleep, and then I would wake up after, a, you know, an hour or two nap, and my migraine would be gone. Well, there um, you go. Yeah, so sleep would be one of the best things. But it's it's hard to sleep in, your, in that much pain because it is just such a miserable feeling when you've got that headache and the nausea and everything just, like, makes it worse yeah my mom my mom she gets so mad at me she's like stop buying those big smelly candles that's the reason you got headaches so bad is that true I think there is something to that for really? sure. Mm-hmm. I hope mom's not listening to yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know that it would be the only cause, um, but I think there is a lot of stuff in there, especially with those artificial, you know, perfumes and things that they have in there that could definitely be triggers for a lot of people. And when you say when you say triggers, do you mean like outside sources or there's like another condition in the body that brings the headache on? So, like, kind of like an allergen, you know, like what you're allergic to that makes you have the um, the way your body responds to an outside source, I gotcha. guess. So, like, you know, whatever pollen brings on all of your symptoms of allergies or so it could be a smell that brings it on. Or um, so I remember one of our headache doctors giving us a lecture when we were in residency that he had gotten his patient to to write down all of her, you know, the headache diary that we mentioned earlier about how important it is that we know what's happening in your life. Anyway, they were able to pinpoint it that it was every time she ate a certain pizza um, that her headache cycle would get really bad. And it was something in the pizza sauce um, that was doing it. And she eliminated the pizza and she never had any problems again. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. You know, it's really important to make sure that you are writing all these symptoms down with the headaches because there are a lot of things that can trigger the migraines for a lot of people. Stress, lack of sleep. Um, pizza. Man, pizza can I, do it for I some really people. hope my headaches are not linked to pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a very common thing. Sure, But, sure. you know, there are certain things and ingredients and things, and I would definitely think that all those perfumes and things like that could definitely trigger people's migraines. So, But um, that's a good topic real quick before we take our last break. I wanted to mention some of the just in general headaches, migraines too but just in general headaches some of the biggest causes and triggers is lack of sleep and lack of water dehydration um, people are not drinking enough water people are not getting enough sleep and that is some of the biggest triggers that we see for headaches so if you have random headaches here and there i guarantee you if you look back you probably didn't sleep very well that night and you probably didn't drink enough water during the day too so those are two of the biggest triggers for it and that can also bring in migraines especially the lack of sleep and stress can bring those in as well so we have a caller ella Hey, Ella, what's going on this morning? Hi. Um, I was just curious, like, what, one time in college I had what I think is a migraine. I mean, I couldn't stand, I couldn't sit, I couldn't lay, I couldn't 
function. I mean, I could maybe put my head down. I mean, like, it was, like, the death of me, that headache. And I'll never forget it. But I've never had anything like that again. But I do have kind of, I do have what I think is, like, a lot of headaches. Now, it's not as severe as that was, but I do get them often enough. Like, maybe two or three a month. I, I consider that a lot. But anyway. Um, and I'm just wondering if that's what that is. You know, like, what is the deal with that? And then also, one other thing, and I don't know if this is neurological or not, but there are times when I feel like I smell smoke, and there's nobody around me smoking. Like, I'm in my own home, and I know that I don't smoke, and nobody in my house smokes. You know what I mean? And when I just smell it, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah, so majority of the time, migraines are pretty debilitating, like you said. Um, But not everybody's are that severe every single time. And now, hey, Ella, is there any relation to the smell and the smoke and when you get a headache, or is it just random? No, no, it is not. It's two separate questions because I didn't have that smoke-smelling thing until much later after that one headache. Yeah, because a lot of people with migraines will get what we call an aura, and so that's just some kind of abnormal sensation before the headache comes on. So majority of people get vision changes. Um, so they'll start seeing spots or they'll see like crystallizing things or they'll see kind of like a black curtain come around. But some people can also have smells too for their aura. So it can be either one. It can be vision changes. It can be um, smelling changes um, that can happen before you get the headache. So that's why I was wondering if that smell and smoke um, was anything related to your headaches because that could be potentially an aura um, related to your migraines so um, if you're getting headaches that frequently it may be something you want to talk to your doctor about it sounds like uh, if it's not as debilitating it could be a tension headache which is probably the most common headaches that we have out there Uh, not everybody migraines are very common but tension headaches are even more common for people and those can be just more of that just kind of like nagging headache that just are annoying um not necessarily that you can have throbbing with a tension headache for sure um but not typically as severe in intensity as the migraines are tension headaches you know migraines typically are located on one spot of your head as opposed to tension headaches are kind of more generalized or in the back of your head it can be really anywhere um And then you don't always get all the associated symptoms with it like you would a migraine. So it sounds like probably you're getting more tension headaches um, than migraines, I would say. Um, But, you know, you could definitely talk to your doctor about it and just see, um, make sure that they're not migraines. Because if so, you know, it may be that you want to try some medicines to kind of help prevent it. And there's also some natural supplements out there that I wanted to make sure we talked about, too, for migraines, like riboflavin, which is vitamin B2 and magnesium, um, have been pretty helpful in actually preventing migraines. So it could be something you wanted to try, just some natural remedies out there. I'll also try to make note of when my smoke smelling happens to see if any headaches happen anywhere around it. Yeah. Yeah, you may want, yeah, I would definitely try to write it down and see. When, When I did get migraines, I always had an aura. Um, with the vision changes and the funny little things that I would see, and I knew within 30 minutes I was about to have a headache. Um, 
And like I said, I really haven't had any problems once I did away with what I knew was my trigger for them. However, when I was pregnant with both of my kids, I had the vision changes, but I never got a headache. And so we just figured it was some kind of optic migraine that I had. So it was strange because I would, it happened. I think two or three times for each pregnancy where I would get the crazy vision stuff and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm about to get a migraine and a headache, but the headache never happened. (laughs) And I just had the vision changes and it lasted for about 20 minutes and then it went away. So it could be that that smell that you're having is still some kind of version of the aura related to a migraine, but you may just not be getting the really bad headaches after it. But tr- I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Try the riboflavin, though, and get you some magnesium, too. Those can be really helpful okay. in preventing headaches. Okay. I'll do that. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah thanks for calling. Um, so, yeah, so that was a good segue into that. So, riboflavin, B2, it is a water-soluble vitamin. You cannot overdose on it. Um, so, you know, if you're taking a multivitamin and you want to pick up some extra riboflavin, if you're one out, somebody that suffers with headaches, you can do that. Know that it can change the color of your urine a little bit. (laughs) People kind of freak out about that. It can make it a little bit brighter. Um, Magnesium, taking it as well, can be helpful for headaches. Magnesium, you have to be careful with the side effects because too much magnesium can cause you to run off like milk and magnesia. So you have to be careful. It can upset your stomach. But if you can find the right combination with some riboflavin and magnesium supplements, plus staying hydrated, drinking plenty of water, that can actually be very helpful in preventing migraines. I don't know, Lacey, if you've ever tried it or not. I have not, Yeah, now I will. Yeah, you should. And you can't find riboflavin at just like Walmart, Walgreens in the supplement section usually. Um, Most of the time you're going to have to go to like Vitamin World or GNC, one of those places, or I'm I'm sure you could order it on Amazon too. Um, But I've never been able to really find it in like Walmart, Walgreens, like you gotta gotta search for it a little bit more. So gotta go to that GNC store. Yeah. I don't even know where they where they are anymore. I know we still have some, but I haven't been in forever. So uh, but yeah, you want to go make sure you find one of those. And they're also, you know, there's plenty of medicines and we're out of time, so I can't really go through those medicines. But a lot of times when you're trying to find a headache preventative medicine, we look at some of your other, you know, problems that you may have. So like if you have high blood pressure, there's a lot of medicines that overlap with high blood pressure and um, headache syndromes that we can pick. Um, you know, for our kids, a lot of times we'll do like some old antihistamines that can be very helpful for them as well. Um, some of the sleep medicines and antidepressant medicines can be really good for it. Um, some of the actually seizure medicines um, can be pretty good for it as well. We can kind of we try to figure out like what could benefit you from both sides um, and not just, you know, fix more than one thing if that is a, if we have the opportunity to do that as well. And then there's, you know, the Botox that we talked about, some of the newer medicines, the injectable medicines that can be really helpful. And then there's always the non-pharmacological stuff too. So like um, neck massage and things like that can be actually very helpful for tension headaches. And so can acupuncture. Acupuncture can be actually really good for headaches if you can find somebody. There's not a ton of people out there that do acupuncture, um, but acupuncture, massage, and PT can actually be really, really good for attention headaches too. So 
just if you don't want to take a medicine, there are other options out there. So talk to your doctor about those, and they can probably give you some guidance on, on how to find those other remedies. So, um, But this has been a good show. Thank you, everybody, for your calls. We really appreciate it. This has been Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. It's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and generous support from listeners like you. Um, today's show was engineered by Lacey, and our call screener was our intern, Jordan. Join us next Thursday at 11. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.